welcome to the Maya Culpa special episode of the Studies Show, which we periodically do um, to note things that we may or may not have got wrong in earlier episodes. It's been a while yeah. since we did the last one, so we thought- yeah, we did. We, we've, yeah, we sort of forgot to do, <laughs> to do a corrections episode for a long time. So that's, that's our first uh, correction. As just, other podcasts we, start sometimes start the episode with something they got wrong in the previous one, and that makes a lot of sense in, in many cases. But we try and keep we, we want to make our episodes sort of slightly self contained uh, yeah. about a topic, so you can just listen to it and not have loads of like we don't have. We try not to put too much extraneous quote-unquote banter in it as well like so mm. we, I, I think we think that's what people like so let us know if you, if you, if you don't but generally we, we want to just get on with it and so we have all our corrections in an episode like this yeah. so and Which this isn't no by the way this isn't every single thing yeah it's stuff that we thought was you know either really bad that we made a mistake or interesting to discuss yes uh, yeah yeah so yeah in the statistical significance episode and i'm this is this is actually like bad and embarrassing, and I cringeworthy. Really, yeah, exactly. I'm really annoyed with myself because it is. I, I know better than this. Um, I said uh, the listener TLK nineteen 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 ninety nine, who may or may not have been born in nineteen ninety nine, which would be awful. It would be annoying if they'd been schooled was, by a literal uh, child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, he he said that at minute thirty four, um, he said, "In that perfect world, if all I said, if all else being equal, and if every study that was ever done was published, and if all studies were published with their analysis done in the correct way, and as initially predicted, you would actually only see false results one time in twenty, it would be equivalent to there's only a one in twenty chance that these results are wrong. That's just not true." Uh, just, yeah, that's I should point. have picked you up on that. I was busy like working out what my next thing to say was, or or something, yeah. and I just didn't. I just wasn't logically yeah. going through. Exactly. And I, as I was saying it, I was thinking, this, like, you know, it's just not true. That's not that's not within the gift of yeah statistical significance to do to ever do that. Like it's just it's not something that frequentist statistics yeah. can do. Um, I think it's a curse. You can't talk about statistical. You can't have any uh, piece of writing or recording about statistical yeah. significance that doesn't. Yeah, uh, have some error in it somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It was like the, there's just like if if a st- the TLK ninety nine pointed out in his very wise and Bayesianism informed um, response to it, yeah, <laughs> uh, said like you know imagine a world where all hypotheses tested are extremely unlikely, like homeopathy. Like, mm. it, it, it doesn't matter how well performed all the studies are, homeopathy still doesn't work. And and the other uh, the probability that it yes. works is still fantastically low, yes. no matter how many studies you're doing. You were probably like trying to say that actually you can't just rely on statistics, and you have to look about look at the broader context because if mm. all your statistics are perfectly done, but the studies are 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 not well performed in some other way because they don't have yeah. control groups or something, then you were trying to draw a distinction between those things, like. Yeah, There's statistics was, on one hand, but but inadvertently you said the just opposite. Said something of what said literally was true. Yeah, yeah. A, a spectacularly <laughs> untrue thing. That was, I spent the whole rest of the episode trying to like this is this is just not that's not what oh it does. Dear. Right? Yeah. Oh dear, but so it would as TLK ninety nine correctly points out, it would be correct to say there is only a, in this perfect world. It would yes. be correct to say there is only a five percent probability the randomly chosen study is wrong. It would yes. not be correct to say there is a five percent probability that this particular study is wrong. I think that I think that's now correct, but God knows, it just it's just such a as we said in our in that same episode, statistics yeah. aren't magic, and they can't tell you whether something is right or wrong. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so, so that's just anyway, uh, so that was just wrong. Um, that was a bad mistake, of course. Uh, but th- um, the next one is a less bad 
error, I think, and actually one which I don't even know if it was an error necessarily. But mm-hmm. a lot of people got on our case, including fact, an abdominal surgeon. So I, I, don't, I don't want to be yeah. arguing too badly, too much with an abdominal surgeon about which yeah. part of the. Cut a lot of people in. got uh, got upper arses, you could say, uh, about, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> about the definition of the word colon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So in the in the uh, microbiome episode, I distinguish. It always seems to be me uh, between the large intestine and the colon, and I call the latter the exit waiting room. Uh, but Callum Gabbett, <laughs> listener Callum Gabbett, and another Tom Tolley, who's an abdominal surgeon, both wrote in, um, and they said that the colon is part of the large intestine, not separate from it. And uh, I meant by by the exit waiting room for, for of, of the of the bowels, I meant the rectum, which I. <laughs> I think probably is. I, I do was thinking of the rectum. That's the sort of little cavity at the end, isn't it? But yes. anyway, that's. Um, but uh, yeah, I think given think- that you described it in that way, you did probably mean the rectum. But in our sort of partial defence, and I actually didn't know this, the colon is. Some people say the colon is the, is the large intestine, but some people say it's just part of the large intestine. So, I think you can distinguish them. It's not like they're totally, totally yeah, different okay. things, or one is part of the other. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I, as as it happens, I did mean the rectum. So you know, that's, uh, for, so like, but thank <laughs> yeah. you for your valiant defence. And another I'm one, trying. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another another wrong by by uh, someone called um, me. Yeah, someone called me. That's it. In the Aspartame next one's episode, me. Next one's me. Oh, yeah, good. Thank God. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. In the Aspartame episode, I said something like there was an average of thirty-one cases of cancer per thousand amongst those not drinking Aspartame, so a zero point three one percent chance of having cancer, and um, that's actually. Not that it should be three point one percent, and I I missed that. I, so I, I overstated the case of uh, the the uh, prevalence of cancer by a thousand percent. There, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I uh, I'm guilty. I'm as guilty it, as yeah. you are because I should have noticed that as well. Uh, yeah. Maybe I just don't listen to what you're saying, Tom. No, I, I think I very much get that impression. Also, yeah. I think I don't think like you know perfectly well that you're not as guilty as I am because you didn't say it. Like, well, I didn't say it, but I mean, I yeah. should have uh gate kept it or something yeah, exactly or you, yeah. you yeah you, sh- you should be alert to my inevitable cock-ups um now here's yeah. one that you should have noticed me saying and yeah. actually this is new, new knowledge to me altogether uh, there's actually quite a few comments about the exercise episode that we did recently um mm. and the biggest the most embarrassing one for me is that i rob nell got in touch or he sent a tweet mm. and he said that this whole idea i said somewhere towards the end of that episode that lactic acid build up in your muscles is what causes you like pain, like the feeling of burning when you're like running or doing something exercise wise. And that's a myth. That's like a commonly held misconception about, about, uh, physiology. I didn't know that. Um, I thought that was just a standard thing that everybody believed. Did you know this? Like I, I didn't, I mean, I I knew lactic acid was to do with tiredness. I I didn't know. I never, I never had any idea that it was anything to do with, Oh, actually, you know, the sort of burning. Mm. Uh-huh. Maybe I had vaguely heard the sort of the burning pain is sort of yeah, people saying it's the lactic acid. It's a lactic yeah. acid build up, and then somehow when you stop, it goes away or something. And so, first of all, it's not lactic acid because lactic acid can't really stay for very long in the muscles because of the, the general pH of your muscles are, are too neutral. And so, what happens is that you talk about la- it's actually lactate that it would be, which is the result of lactic acid breaking down okay um, but that's so, not really that's that's fine it, so it, that it, would be that would be fine whatever yeah. but it turns out lactate doesn't cause the pain anyway um it's not particularly well understood what does cause it but we know from some specific experiments where they like measured the amount of lactic acid that people had uh, uh that 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 was not particularly correlated with with um levels of pain and the the the, the hypotheses that are generally believed right now are things that it's more to do with micro tears in the muscles inflammation caused by that heat building up in the muscles the general ph of the muscles dropping 
um, that might be causing the pain, but you can't say that it's due to lactic acid um, uh, specifically, and that's just not true, and that's not something that people believe anymore. So there we go. That's, that's news to me. Okay. Um, if the pH dropping is in the muscles is part of it, then couldn't that be caused by? Anyway, I'll, I'll, Maybe it's I'll caused by other acids. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't I, this is just we're not we're not physiologists once again. Yeah, or yeah, anything, yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, apart, so yeah, apparently that's uh, that, that that that's a myth. Um, okay. Yeah. So so we also we also talked about um, depre- in the depression. exercise episode. Yeah. We talked about depression, particularly. Like, does exercise mm. uh, um, have any? You know, can it can it solve depression? And um, we got quite a lot of comments, both on depression and on exercise. Mm. Um, uh, so, so um, I mean, there's a general one. What should we cover first? There's a general one Let's on depression. The, the Matt, Matt Patton email, yep. then. I think, who I think you... Is he someone you know? Um, I've met Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, always good comments on the, on the, on the episodes. Um, High-quality guy. Um, uh, gen- so so there's, this is something... We, we maybe should have done this episode first. We've done several mm. episodes that mention depression now, but we should also have done an episode... That is just about depression. That's just about depression because... It's unclear that the way we measure depression right now, uh, i.e. using things like the Beck depression inventory and the Mm. sort of standard things that doctors use to measure depression, um, it's unclear that that's the best way to do things. And actually, it's even unclear whether there is this thing called depression that is the kind of thing in your brain which then causes you to uh, have a low mood. It causes you to not enjoy things you used to enjoy. It causes you to be, you know, have insomnia. It causes you to blah, 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 do all these things. There are other conceptualizations of depression there are other ways to think about it that it's not just one kind of syndrome that in fact it's better to think about the individual symptoms of depression and them existing in a kind of network where the insomnia causes you to uh you know have a lower mood which then causes you to have anhedonia and which then causes you blah blah blah. and there's a sort of a, a a network of all these symptoms all kind of bouncing into each other rather than there being this it gets into a kind of nerdy debate in psychology about latent variables so there's this thing which you can't measure it, but there's this thing which is the ultimate cause of uh, of, of depression symptoms, and it's called depression. And we can, you know, maybe yeah. one day we'll find what depression is. There really some underlying thing that is called depression? Yeah, yeah. Just we're sort of pointing at a, a constellation of symptoms and calling them one thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, in that context, when you ask, as Matt points out, when you ask, like, does exercise treat depression? You need more. Of, like, that's not really a good question because depression isn't necessarily one thing. Um, it's a bit like cancer. He points out that cancer is, there's lots of different types of cancer, and you know. Yeah, um, he says uh, asking whether exercise treats depression is a bit, uh, a bit like asking whether radiation to your head treats cancer. Yeah. I. I so but the thing is, the th- I mean, I, I. On the one hand, I'm very happily convinced that the uh, the evidence for depression being a single thing is very weak, and that that's uh, that there's a sort of that it's complicated that we we have sort of decided to call these various somewhat rapid, yes. some, somewhat disparate constellations of symptoms one thing and is the is the guy who has low mood really got the same thing as the person who's like catatonic in a hospital bed and has to be fed by a drip you know yes are they are yeah. these really the same I, i'm happy with that but i i i think that you know his uh, matt's point is and, I, and I, we definitely should do an episode on depression i think it'd be really interesting totally. answering those questions totally but like i i do think i don't think it makes us exactly wrong because i mean there, there really is good evidence the radiation to your head treats cancer in very specific circumstances i don't think there's that quality of evidence with and the point is he's, he's right that measuring depression and 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 defining it is difficult and noisy and that makes getting the evidence hard makes it really hard to get evidence for these things but that doesn't make the evidence that exists better than it is i I still think it is 
you know, I, I would be very, I, I think I said in the thing that I'd be completely unsurprised to learn that, that exercise is really useful for loads of people with depression. Yeah, for some people. We did, we did yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There, there's going to be individual differences in in that so anyway the 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 the, the, we will link readers to um some of the research done by Eiko Fried, who is a researcher who is kind of skeptical of the idea that there is one thing called depression and Mm. people can uh look that up and we will we'll talk about that at some point i'm sure in more detail in uh, yeah that'll be a really good episode we should actually we should like prioritize that as a does depression exist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what what does it what does the word depression mean yes um this, this, a GP email, sorry. No, yes, no, no, carry on, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wondered whether there's um, we should review, review uh, view prescribing exercise as a subset of something called behavioral activation, which, as I could understand it from his email and from reading about, was uh, sort of encouraging depressed patients to do things that they enjoy, which they uh, they, te- they they for various reasons they often don't. You know, mm. they sort of get into loops of making themselves more miserable. I think, and sort yes. of therefore by not and that they. they avoid things they enjoy and so obviously yeah so that would imply that people patients who enjoy exercise should do exercise um yeah. and he points me to a cochrane review that finds it's about as effective as cbt behavioral activation therapy is although as always cochrane says most of the studies are low evidence quality and you know so so maybe maybe with uh, behavioral activation would be a better lens of seeing it and uh, sort of looking at it through and maybe it's effective but again the evidence is pretty weak yeah. um literally the day after we published that episode the bmg bmj published its own um <laughs> big meta-analysis on exercise and depression which found found a pretty strong effect now is that so leave aside the strong effect because we'll come back to that it is very annoying that we did that episode and then yeah. literally the day after it, it became a big conversation and uh that's just just terrible bad timing what what can we say like uh yeah just very annoying um that bmj meta-analysis yeah you're right they claim that there is a strong effect of depression or a relatively strong effect of uh um well no i mean it's in the grand scheme of things it's a strong effect of depression uh of, of exercise on on depression and then you look into the details a little bit more and you see things like the biggest effect of uh, any kind of exercise on depression is dancing. Um, yeah. And it's a huge effect, 0.96 uh, 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 standard deviation. So like almost an entire standard deviation difference in your depression if you do dancing. Mm. Um, and then the question you have to ask is like, on the basis of what evidence is that? And um, that is based on five studies. The one on uh, walking or jogging um has 51 studies so that's a lot more evidence um but even then if you look at the quality of the evidence that so they they go through and rate the quality of the evidence um generally it's weak they they rate it as weak quality evidence so i don't think this actually changes the picture on what we were saying uh, at all if you just read the top line then you see that they say oh it looks like exercise works for depression but actually the evidence is significantly um uh weaker you know, than yeah yeah weaker than you would you would you would hope and i don't really i don't necessarily believe it N- nevertheless it had a, it went absolutely massively viral online and there was a, loads of people tweeting this and especially like dance therapy instructors were delighted by it as you can imagine mm. um uh, 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 and so on but um as with all of these kind of meta-analyses i remain uh fairly skeptical scientists in the pocket of big dance um, <laughs> yes. yeah uh um gideon Meyerowitz katz um uh friend of the show uh, unwitting friend of the show as mentioned several times mm-hmm. um he backs he, he did a tweet thread last year about the evidence for uh, for evidence on 
uh, exercise and depression, and yes. he found similar. Res- he, he also was just skeptical of the yeah. evidence levels. Um, Doesn't seem like it's changed that much. No, exactly. Uh, since, since then, uh, a clinical psychologist got in touch about our about also about depression on our therapy episode. Mm. He pointed at Simon Walker. Um, he pointed out that CBT. We said that CBT and psychodynamic therapy are both about equally good according to the evidence, mm. but he pointed out that CBT is much easier and more straightforward and quick um and that you normally get results within about 10 sessions uh whereas psychodynamic therapy can go on for years and the cbt therapist would just not accept that like right right. they wouldn't tolerate that and and uh out of it man yeah (laughs) (laughs) quite clear that but uh Mm. but yeah it wouldn't become this we did talk about the like the relationship building up between the uh the therapist and that's when i brought in the sopranos and all that sort of stuff uh the therapist and the patient um yeah i think that's another reason why you might consider um uh cbt as the gold standard because not only does it have you know decent evidence uh, underlying it uh but it's leaving aside all the stuff about measurement of depression that we just talked about um uh it's cheaper it's more Mm. cost effective presumably um as well although i haven't seen a direct comparison but like presumably it's it's much more cost effective and so that's uh, another good reason to think that that's the best kind of therapy even if the exact like effect sizes are not specifically different between it and psychodynamic therapy when they are uh, directly compared. Mm. Um, as an aside, Stuart, let's not bother with that stuff about Freud. I like, I don't really understand his like. He's sort of saying that. <laughs> yeah, skip that. That's yeah, fine. Skip that. And we can do the height thing or not bother. It's up to you. Height um, is good. Yeah, that we. Sh- I right, think okay. we should have said that. We should have said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, same. So also, Simon Walker says he thinks we were a bit unfair on John Height that he mm. um he's he did have a specific mechanism this is in the episode about is it the phones causing depression and so on yeah um, we should have we should have made clear what height thinks is the mechanism behind the effects of phones or social media on like on children's depression levels yeah yeah he, he thinks that the sort of the mechanism um is that uh social media facilitates female aggression which is more like social and relational like the bullying among girls is all like ostracization and pushing people you know you're not my friend anymore you're in out of the peer group you know i'll share your secrets all this sort of stuff it's very social bullying whereas um male aggression tends to be physical yeah uh, relational and we didn't really i mean we didn't state that explicitly i have to say i i I find that a like plausible but also fairly like a like a post hoc thing or not it doesn't come out of data necessarily i don't think Mm. i mean yeah, there's data that men are more physically aggressive, I, I guess, and women are more relationally aggressive. But on social media, men can certainly be very aggressive as well, uh, yeah. like boys can as, uh, as well. Um, and so I don't, I don't think that that's something that comes strongly out of the studies looking at social media effects on teenagers. Um, yeah, I think there was. Um, I mean, I think it, when you do studies on bullying and online bullying and things, yeah. I'm speaking to Andy Shabilsky about this before, and he does say that female bullying is all about who's in who's out right okay you know, and, yeah. and you and like i mean if you've ever been like i don't know uh, w- w- seeing how girl children behave around each other as you do it does seem to, i just seem sort of passes the smell test for me got that know, but, got yeah. that in my future yep absolutely but, mother, I, but mother, I, I i don't know what 15 years or something yeah, exactly. 12, 12 oh, years less than that, mate, less than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> great um but the um i don't but it's still, you still need the empirical evidence to say, you know, the mechanism might be plausible. We still need empirical evidence to say that well, exactly, it's exactly. going up. Yeah. And I, yeah. I still think all the stuff we said in that, evidence, that episode stands up. Yeah. Um, 
Mark Pack emailed us about, you know, we said that story, that the, that little just so story about George Gallup's polling for the 1936 election. And apparently, I think we focused on the we focused on the fact that other people screwed it up, like the magazine, uh, whatever it's called, literary something or other, uh, screwed up the polling. And I think we also mentioned that Gallup got it right, but actually, Mark Pack points out that in fact that was not the case. Yeah. Okay, so um, it, 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 it sounds like the story is more complicated than that nice little um, sort of story that everyone tells. Yeah, I, I'm afraid I didn't go into it. The, 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 the read, he's, he, we should put a, we'll put a link to Mark's book. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got a book exactly. about polling uh, and the sort of history and uses uses and abuses of of uh, opinion polls, which looks yeah, really yeah. interesting. So yeah. we'll put a link to that. Um, what was uh, like a good uh, uh, debunking? Um, you got somebody's name wrong in a fairly minor yeah. uh, thing. They, um, Dave, David Ellis, a very sensible. Uh, psychologist right. researcher um i call him david ellison i think because i was confusing <laughs> right. him with his long time and frequent collaborator Brittany davidson so that was a bit embarrassing oh my goodness anyway. yeah yeah Apologies just a, a senior moment there tom yeah um, absolutely and uh here's something which we got criticized for but but not in any substantive way uh just to kind of finish things off um we got criticized for the episode on uh phonics and the reading wars um, we got people were very upset on uh, the internet about that episode. Um, uh, one prominent uh, reading psychologist, one, you know, reading researcher, uh, said that our next episode should be on how climate change isn't happening or how vaccines don't work, <laughs> which shows you like quite a, a, a strength of feeling, one might yep. say, um, yep. on this on this topic. Um, uh, but didn't make any actual substantive criticisms or point to anything um, substantive uh, that we got wrong. Um, uh, um, I'm not aware of any substantive criticisms that, I, I mean, point me to them if there are. But but I think that's quite a similar story to what happened to Jeffrey Bowers, who was the uh, researcher that we kind of, um, we were, you know, reading through his paper, basically, which was criticizing the evidence for uh, phonics. And just to be clear, it's not that we're saying phonics doesn't work. It's just, it, we're questioning the claim that phonics is the best method of reading instruction, right? Yeah. Yet it clearly works to do phonics. But the question is whether it's better than other uh, ways of, of learning to read. Yeah. Anyway, and that, that got very angry, all that stuff. People. Yeah, yeah. And I got very angry online as well about it. And I was like, you should take that back and things like that. Yeah. Well, it reminds me that. of the old days when I used to post more and be more angry on the internet. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one, one of the one of the um, the mums at uh, one of my son's football teams said she listened to it and, and she and she works in uh, a relevant Uh-oh. field and was like, oh, this is really interesting. And she'd sort of sent it, sent it around lots of people. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was pleased about that. That's, yeah, that's nice, nice, to, nice to hear. Yeah, um, yeah, it just gave me a, a slightly horrible feeling that there's like incredibly entrenched positions here that which are not really to do with you know a scientific assessment of the evidence but are sort of just people's strong beliefs and they've sort of formed sides and it's the reading wars we talked about the reading wars i mean it's uh it's the whole um soldier mindset thing that julia galef mm. talks about like you're on a side and you must defend that side and yeah. even if it means making rather sleazy attacks like saying oh you should you should you know do an episode on how vaccines don't work next yeah. come on Come on, yeah, come do on. better, yeah. do better, yeah. as they as they say and, um, uh, in uh, Marvel uh, TV programs. Yes, and now crucially, uh, William Fisher thinks I got my joke. Like at one point, you said you were doing um, a list of your favorite albums of the year on Twitter, and I yes. said that uh, I said that um, a rush of blood. You, you probably were talking about a rush of blood to the head, and he said I got my joke wrong, <laughs> and he thinks I should have said yellow. But I'm pretty sure. A Rush of Blood to the Head is the album. Yellow is a, is a single from a different album, isn't it? So uh, tell, I wouldn't know, Tom, uh, having never uh, deliberately listened to Coldplay, uh, sure. despite the, uh, the common joke 
Um, I simply would not know um, sure, what their albums are called okay. or what their songs um, are called. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's us. I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that's everything for now. Look, um, if you if there are other complaints and and uh, and uh, things that we got wrong, um, please do let us know. We're always uh, open to to um, making corrections and 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 so on. We don't want to make mistakes. We're we're all about pointing out mistakes that scientists are making so it would be very ironic if we um were, were bad at taking criticism so um and we'll try and do another one of these uh, a little bit sooner i think next time because we've yeah. we've uh, not done this for for ages now so um yeah thanks very much to everyone who has sent in corrections and uh yeah we'll see you in the next proper episode which will be uh, on tuesday as usual okay take care Bye-bye. cheers bye, bye.